Nobody who's involved on any level will ever forget January 15th, 2009. I actually have a friend from our former church in Dallas who is on that plane. His name is Mike Coleman'sberger. And I've had the opportunity to talk with Mike about that entire experience. The movie, Sully, that depicts the miracle on the Hudson. When Sully's Sullenberger water landed flight 1549. And the theme of this movie is clear. How can we prepare for times of crisis? Because you don't know when they're going to come. You don't know when they're going to show up. Captain Sullenberger had prepared for 40 years for those 208 seconds of crisis. The decisions he made for 40 years had prepared him to be able to safely land a plane and save the lives of 155 people, and actually more, because the plane was fully fueled and was within striking distance of the George Washington Bridge. But because of his quick thinking, he and his co-pilot were able to avoid a time of disaster. They would never have pictured the fact when they got on the plane that day and the weather was crystal clear that within two minutes, a flock of Canadian geese would come and destroy not one engine, but both engines. The movie Sully teaches us about being prepared for the crises we'll face in life. Because let's face it, those crises that we all face, we often don't know when they're coming. They're right around the corner. The Apostle Peter writes this, Beloved, do not be surprised at fiery trials when they come upon you to test you as though something strange were happening for you. See what he's saying? Our life is going to be filled with trials, with difficulties. Don't be surprised. But the author in Ecclesiastes writes this, People can never predict when hard times might come. Like fish in a net or birds in a trap, people are caught by sudden tragedy. So my question for you this morning is, how do you prepare for inevitable moments of crises? I'm going to give you three practical steps, three practical decisions that you can make today to prepare you for the crises that's right around the corner. The first is this. You can prepare for unforeseen circumstances by choosing to learn from your experiences. By choosing to learn from your experiences, James, the brother of Jesus, wrote this. Look on the screen. Count it all joy, my brothers, 
when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, or some translations say perseverance. And let steadfastness have its full effect, so you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The key word here is know, meaning you know from experience that God takes whatever may be horrible in your life to develop in you character. The word know here is not know in the head, it's know in the heart. You know through experience. Isaiah 26, the author says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. But then we often forget the next verse that says this, Therefore, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord your God is an everlasting rock. God does not waste your pain. God will not waste your hurt. The scriptures make it clear. At the end of the book of Genesis, when Joseph stood before his brothers who betrayed him, who sold him into slavery, when he had a chance to get back at them, and he said, who am I, God? You meant it for my harm, but God meant it for my good. What is God teaching me is a question that you have to ask through the experience you're going through. Because you can then know there's a purpose in your pain. Listen, I know my God is for you. I know my God is loving. I know my God is faithful. I know my God is powerful. I know my God is always good. And I know my God will never waste to hurt. And you want to know why? Look at me. Because I've been there. And I've walked the path. And I know through going through trials, through going through hardship, through going through parents who went through a divorce when I was a young adult, through going through physical pain, through seeing my father die through cancer, I know my God will never abandon you. And you see, my friends, what James is saying, we know through the trials we go through that God has a purpose. Because what's it do? It strengthens your spiritual muscle. It strengthens you to grow up. It causes you to build up strength so that you're no longer a baby in the nursery. But you go through those trials and James says, we know. And my friends, how do you prepare for the crisis that's right around the corner? By choosing to learn from your experience. By choosing to learn what God has to say to you. Secondly, Second step, by choosing to learn from the experiences of others. By choosing to learn from the experiences of others. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, The God of all comfort comforts us in our affliction so we can comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Folks, do you see the key word? Comfort. And it means God comes alongside of us so that we can come alongside of each other. So we can come alongside each other. You see, you're a living message to others to be able to say, you'll make it through. You'll make it through in regards to what's going on. Here's what God taught me. 
Here's what God taught me. Here's what God showed me. Here's the comfort I received. When you look at the fact of the experiences of others, it can help you for the crisis that's to come. Right after my, right after my dad passed, I remember being here at church, and there was a woman who came up to me who had gone through excruciating, deep, heart-wrenching loss and pain. And when I saw her coming toward me, I had not talked to her since my dad had passed. It had been a few weeks. And she came up to me, and she hugged me. And here's what she said. I got nothing for you. I got nothing to tell you. But to tell you, I love you, I'm here, and if you need to talk, let me know. My friends, I can picture that like it happened last night. Because she chose through her pain to minister to me in my pain. God does not waste your pain, and so as a result, I beg of you. Don't hold back from sharing your story. You've heard me say over and over again, the greatest spiritual growth takes place not in rows, but in circles. When you're sitting with other people and you're opening up the scripture and you're sharing your story in a vulnerable, trusting atmosphere, and someone can sit there and say, I care. We have a support group that my wife and I lead called Like-Minded, which is designed for loved ones who care for loved ones who struggle with mental illness. The reason we started this support group is because we couldn't find one for our own need. That both of our sons struggle with mental illness. And there is so much power and comfort in my office on the second and fourth Tuesday nights of the month when we sit as a circle and sometimes just sit and cry together. And sometimes just sit and say, life stinks and it's hard, but I'm here for you. You see, what God wants us to understand is the fact that it prepares us for the crises to come by learning from the experiences of others. Listen, you're going to hear it this fall. You're going to hear it over and over again. Choose a group. Get in a group. Get in a group where you can study scripture. We are so pumped about what we're going to do with our life groups this fall. I can't wait to share it with you. But we're so excited. But we're going to tell you it takes up to you to take the step to get in a group. Because that's where you can share and experience and pray for each other and support each other. And be prepared for the crisis right around the corner. So how do you prepare? First, by choosing to learn from your experience. Choosing to learn from the experience of others. But thirdly, choosing to learn, look at me, from the manual that God gave us. Daily. Daily. Scripture in Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp into my feet, a light into my path. 
Saturday, I was here for an event in the worship center. And when I came in, there was another event going on in the fellowship hall, so I had to come in the back door. All the lights were off in here. Now, I've done this path before. Where I come in from the backstage when it's pitch black, and I figure out there's three steps I gotta get down to be able to get to the back to get to the lights. I can't tell you the number of times I've missed that last step. But yesterday, my mama didn't raise a dummy. Yesterday, I finally learned I took out my phone, turned on the flashlight, and led it to the back. And I thought, that's what the Word of God is supposed to be. The Word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But you know what happens so often? You guys are going on yesterday's meal. You're going on last Sunday's meal and you wonder why you're not ready for the crisis that's waiting for you right around the corner. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. He also said this, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You want to be ready for a crisis, folks. It's not just learning from your experience and learning from the experiences of others, but it's by consulting the manual. And you know what? Sully could never have done what he'd done if not hundreds and hundreds of times before he hadn't gone through the manual as to what to do. Psalm 63 verse 1 says, God, you're my God. Daily, earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And when that psalm was written, David was writing it in the wilderness. And he's saying, God, I need you today. And I can't go on yesterday's meal. I need you today. Why is daily input of the words so important? Here's why. Here's why. Because you don't know when that crisis is going to come, but God does. God knows when it's going to come, and he wants you to be strengthened up, ready for it. Listen, how often do you read the scripture? We've all been there. We read the scripture, and we read through it, and we're like, I'm, I'm not too sure what that has to apply to me. It's like when you're eating a meal at home, and the, whoever cooks the meals in your home, every time when you finish eating that meal, you don't go, ah, that was the best ever. I mean, that was like, you know, Cracker Barrel style. I mean, that was just the best, the best, the best. No, typically you're lucky if you say, hey, thanks, that was good, right? But the word of God is meant to feed you so when the time comes, you're equipped. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 says, pick up the sword of the spirit. What's that mean? That means when you daily study the word, you're equipping the spirit. So when you come into a crisis, he can bring scripture back to you to strengthen you. See, he doesn't zap you with it. He doesn't just get it through osmosis. You got to open up the book. You got to read it. And you got to do it each day so you can be strengthened. Can I? an amen to that. See, that's what he says. We can be prepared for future crises by learning from our own experiences, by learning from the experiences of others, by learning from the daily consulting the manual. But there's more to Sully's story, just like there's more to your story. See, when he landed that plane, all of us who remember that story were like, he's my hero. Sully for president. I mean, this guy is amazing, right? But what we didn't know is the guy was going to endure 15 months 
of investigation by the National, Tra National Transportation Board where they were going to bombard him with the fact that computer simulations said he should have landed at LaGuardia. He should have landed at Teterboro. He could have done it. He didn't have to land on the water. Of course, the people who came up with these conclusions weren't pilots at all, but they're the ones that came up with them, and he had to endure this over and over and over again. And we're going to pick up right now with this clip after all these months, because in the movie itself, it makes it look like it was just two days. It was 15 months that he went through this. After being our hero, 15 months. Watch this carefully. You know, it's pretty encouraging to watch a true hero who faced not only one crisis of a plane dropping from the sky, but one sitting in a hearing room with charges that could ruin his life. If you Google Sully's name, you'll find an interview that he did for Air and Space Smithsonian Magazine, this quote. My view of the world is that people are best served when they find their passion early on because we tend to be good at things we're passionate about. Did you notice what he said? It was not about him. We all did our job. Faithfulness was the key. See, the scripture makes it clear that each one of us are given a ministry. As a parent, that's your ministry. As a teacher, that's your ministry. As a clerk, that's your ministry. As a pharmaceutical rep, that's your ministry. And each one of us are called to do it heartily for the king and for the kingdom. If you make widgets, make them for the king. If you're called to clean tables, clean tables for the king. If you're called to sell houses, sell houses for the king. If you're called to rear children, rear children for the king. If you're called to edit books, edit books for the king. Whatever it is God calls you to do, the scripture says this, it's required of a steward to be faithful. And you see, God never calls us to be famous, but to be faithful. He calls us to be faithful, to do what he calls us to do, and leave the results with him. And we see as a result of this, Sully was saying, it wasn't me. It was all of us, together. And how does all this come about? What happens as a result of the whole thing? I want you to look at this last clip. This last clip, which picks up after the credits. And you start to see pictures of real people. Watch carefully. When Clint Eastwood was asked why he included this epilogue, he said he wanted everybody to know this is not fiction. This is a real story about real people, which causes us to understand the fact of crises coming are real because you're real. And the fact that you're going to face different experiences. But the question you've got to ask yourself, are you ready? You get ready by learning from your own experiences. You get ready by learning from the experiences of others. You get ready by consulting the manual daily so you're strengthened for what you're going to face. But my friend Mike, when he was interviewed about his experience on the plane, asked this question. The bigger question you have to ask is what if you were on that plane? And what if the plane didn't land safely? 
would you be ready? Would you be ready to meet the Lord face to face? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I want you to know today, if you don't know that you'd go to be with the Lord, the scripture says today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to make that decision. Would you bow your head with me right now? And it could be you're sitting here today and you're not prepared, but you're ready to make that decision. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. And I want us all to help you with this prayer. It's not a magical prayer, but it's a prayer of faith. So I'm going to ask everybody here for us to pray this out loud together to help those that may be here but may be scared to be able to pray it out loud. We're going to pray it for the first time. I want us all to pray. Pray after me, please. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died for me. I believe you were buried and came back to life for me. Come into my life. Take away my sin. I choose today to trust you as my Savior. Come into my life and be my King. And change me forever. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Church, would you give thanks to God for what he did for us? And I ask you to stand with me because, you know, as we go through crisis, we look to God and we can feel confused. We can feel overwhelmed. But he says to us, just cry out to me because I'm there. He's the God who cares. Let's worship him in spirit and truth.